me to start? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, why don't you start? All right, first off, I have to say, you guys were awesome. <laughs> I could not believe the wisdom and the um, counsel and the edification that went on in each of your snap talks. I was blown away. And I shouldn't have been because I actually <laughs> taught that at a conference and I really felt like the Lord was saying that was a direction that Joanne was going to go in along with multitudes and others at the conference. But Let me interrupt you just a second. So yeah. for those of you like Mike and, and, and uh, Victor and Kim that don't know what we're talking about, what we didn't bring in any special speakers or anything like that for the two-month sabbatical. Everybody here taught. And these snap talks that we're talking about are little 20-minute talks that have a 10-minute question period after it. And that's what Vicky's talking about. And they were fantastic. You guys were just yeah. unbelievably amazing. Yeah. And uh, Zoomers, those of you that participated in that, that was amazing. And um, so, yeah, so um, for those of you that, we we couldn't we couldn't not watch on Zoom. I'm just going to confess up. So if you saw Delta on the Zoom, that was me. Um, and uh, Larry was iPhone, I think. Uh, yeah, and I used a variety of fake names. Yeah. So sorry, <laughs> but wow, um, your vulnerability, your honesty, your your passion for what you were sharing was just amazing, and uh, just so so. Um, grateful that you guys did that. And um, it really did um, make for a great uh, season of just being able to relax into it and let it happen and not worry about any of it, really, honest and truly. Yeah. And the ladies and gentlemen that made food, I heard about that. <laughs> on multiple levels. And so I want to say thank you uh, for coming through on that end of things, too. It was incredible. And just as, as a continuation of a general thank you, just thank you for the sabbatical. When the, the leadership team got together, Tim and Meg aren't here tonight. They, uh, they're away for the weekend, but they went on a little uh, five-week or something like that sabbatical and came back just so refreshed. And the rest of the leadership team, kind of got after Vicky and I and, and uh, Jen sort of spearheaded uh, making sure everything was covered and making sure it worked. Uh, it was a, it was a foreign idea to me. Uh, I'd never done it before. And I, I do have to say just really thank you for making it possible. And um, I'm going to talk just a tiny bit about what my primary takeaway was um, because it'll, it'll have some impact on things, but We'll, we'll be getting into it more as the weeks go on, obviously. One of the, the primary takeaway is that we absolutely cannot lose the voice of Jesus through you guys. We cannot. Yeah. And I am not a terribly egotistical pastor that has to be the center of attention, but I realized during the sabbatical that if I prepare a message and stand up here and teach, None of you will stand up and say, hey, Larry, shut up. I got something to say from the Lord. <laughs> and so it's not through uh, it's not through neglect or anything. It's just through, just the realization as I was listening to what was going on and, and rewatching them and so on. I just was stunned at 
what Christ had to say through you. And how, there's no other way of saying it, but without, without your voice being free, we miss much of what he said. And then when you dr- drag that back into the Word, well, of course that's true. You know, it's not just a passage in Ephesians that, that says, let, uh, let, you know, one bring a psalm, one hymn, a spiritual song, uh, or when Paul's clarifying in Corinthians about prophecy that all may prophesy and let the others judge. You know, that's two voices, both voices. There's the prophetic voice and the judging voice in, in the positive sense of that. It's not just that, but it's, it's that the way the fullness of Christ the way the body grows into the fullness of Christ in Ephesians 4 is according to what every joint supplies. And I am sort of institutionally as a pastor ashamed of the fact that so many of us for so many years interpret that scripture in such a way that if you'll teach Sunday school and you'll take care of the kids and you'll maintain the parking lot and you'll donate this, that's what it means. That is not what it means. What it comes closer to meaning, and I still don't think I fully understand it, what it comes closer to meaning is that Jesus is in us. And He is saying and doing, and and we have been created in the image of God, but with a unique point of reference, a unique point of revelation. And to think that that can come out while... Uh, a, a structure that creates an audience and a speaker most of the time. It's just impossible. It's just not. And so it's sort of self-serving to say that we cannot and you must not let us. You must. I'm not, I'm not going to try to do it. But again, if I just stand here and, and gas on and on, you know, you'll be courteous and let me do it. So we have to work together. <laughs> right. We have to work together to make sure that your voice and the voice of others that the Lord's going to send in here are heard. And, and uh, there's, there's, there can't be hoops to jump through for that. It's not a reward for super spiritual behavior. It is the nature, the fundamental nature of the body of Christ. That Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead bodily is in Him. And none of us can claim that in the expansive way that that's true. But every one of us are sent as He's sent, bear the image that that He bears, and we carry a unique voice and a unique vision and a unique destiny to share. So that was my super number one takeaway from the the sabbatical. And we can never go back on that. So, you know, just even in a... Oh, go ahead, babe. Uh, so just so you guys know, you are now put on notice <laughs> because um, God speaks and he speaks through you, but he's also going to speak through your children. So those of you that have kids, those of you that have grandkids, I really I feel like this is the word of the Lord, but um, be aware during the week if your child has something to say to us from the Lord, there is no junior Holy Spirit. It's just the Holy Spirit. And we need to be aware that our children have messages for us. They have dialogues with God. They speak to Jesus. They have the Holy Spirit in them. They see angels. They, you know, they, they, 
they are in it just as deeply as we are, even though they're kiddos. So be aware of that because Sterling's going to have something. Your three kids are going to have something. I mean, Sam can come up here and just say, God loves you, and we should be slain in the spirit, right? Because, <laughs> wow, what a, what, a, what a message. And so I really want you guys to, to understand the depth and breadth of this. This is not, um, you know, a, a, a light thing. This is the weight of glory for Joyland. It's your voices. It's my voice. It's Larry's voice as the body of Christ. And I am extremely excited about it. And, um, yeah. So, Mike and Darlene, I bet that even though it may not not be like a standard missionary story, I bet you could talk for hours about what comes out of the girls. Not just what goes into them, but what comes out, huh? Yeah. I, I mean, the Lord... That, that's just the reality. Uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus comes roaring out of the wilderness. I don't know if he's roaring out. He came out of a pretty good position. And he said, hey, don't, don't say that the kingdom's here, it's over there, it's here. The kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God's hand. That was his message. The kingdom of God's here. That's what he's preaching. So anyway, yeah, that's, that was a big lesson. So uh, just a very quick context for this, a couple um, Bible quotes here. Uh, we, it was an eight-week sabbatical. The Lord laid out some goals, and, and He made, made it very, very clear at the beginning that it, it was His goals. And I actually even wrote them down as God's goals for our sabbatical. And then uh, about three weeks in, you know, I told you it was real physical stuff, and, and I, I thought, boy, this is not going as quick as I hoped. So I started doing every couple of weeks an evaluation. And I had the goal list written in, in black, and I used a little red pen, put the date down, and I would give it a mark. I would give each of the goals a mark. It was negative, it was neutral, or it was positive. And I did that for four, I think four times. Uh, and at the fourth time, the Lord broke in, and it was really the first sort of revelatory forward thing I think I got out of the sabbatical. And he said, I don't want you evaluating these things to make a new routine to substitute between me and you. <laughs> okay, I get that message. Because I had turned this beautiful, listen to the Lord. And he was so good through the thing. I mean, talking to us and talking to me and leading and being with me in these projects and everything. It was just really beautiful, the, the, the sense of his presence. But I was still operating out of a paradigm of measurement and, and um, performance justification. It was really, it was really cool. Do, am I a hundred percent delivered from that? I don't know. Cause I don't, you don't ever know how much you've grown when you've grown. Have I changed a lot about it? Yes, I have. Am I conscious of it? Yes. Do I recognize when I'm slipping into that kind of, uh, doing for Jesus rather than doing with him? I believe so, but you'll be able to be the judge of that. So that, um, that, okay. So this is a little bit of a, a change, obviously, because we're going to be having more snap talks. We're going to have other ways to communicate. You are going to have to take the initiative to speak up when the, the Lord says something, even if Vicki or me or Jenna or somebody doesn't ask. Uh, and I'm going to have to change the way I think about how I deliver what the Lord's given me for you guys and leadership and stuff like that. And so we, we had an elders meeting on Wednesday. 
and the, the elders were wonderful in their in their reception of this, and they manifest all kinds of evidence the Lord's doing it in everybody. But one part of the meeting came up, so are, are we shifting directions, or is this going to change things, or blow things up, or whatever the case was, and we were talking about it. Um, and there's a, so toward the end of the sabbatical, a friend of mine posted a quote from this book by David Fredrickson, in uh, the title of the book is Christianity in Crisis, Is There a Solution? But it was just an amazing quote, and uh, it caught my heart. It talked about how beautiful the thing is before a church meeting when believers get together. People are hugging, and they're talking, they're laughing, they're sharing stories, and then the signal comes, and you have to stop that kingdom activity and start a church service, you know? And I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting uh, thought. So I bought, uh, I bought this book uh, a couple weeks ago, and I started reading it, and there's a number of quotes, but I wanted to read one to you tonight in light of, is it possible things are going to change? I hope so. Um, is that going to be traumatic or weird or whatever? I don't think so. So anyway, this is the, the first paragraph of chapter 11. For, if you, you know. Anyway, there's no value in trying to find a better way to do church, as it is not something that can be done only lived. Jesus left us with one commandment, to love as he did. Living loved and loving others is the very essence of church. The profoundly uncomplicated description of the church life in Scripture could be summed up as a community of people living loved by God and finding themselves producing life in ways and means that prepare them ahead of time that he prepared for them ahead of time. Such communities would be as diverse as our people, cultures, and conditions. They would be as flexible and as necessary to accommodate the changes and constantly affecting those three dynamics. So anyway, I just want to repeat that first line because I thought it was beautiful. There is no value in trying to find a better way to do church as it is not something that can be done, only lived. So that's the journey that I think we're on. And uh, I'm a guy that, that, that very much appreciates the scripture and believes in the inspiration and the value of it. And I also have experienced personally and, and, and witnessed when the scripture itself becomes a sort of substitute for relationship with Jesus. So we're going to try to walk that fine line, uh, honor this for the revelation that it is, but not hide behind it away from the face of Christ. And so here, here is, uh, this is, uh, out of, uh, N.T. Wright's translation. The Great Commission. I want to point something out that gets missed a lot of times. All authority in heaven and on earth, he said, has been given to me. So you must go and make all the nations into disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. And look, I am with you every single day to the very end of the age. Now, I got a, a hint of how we misunderstand that verse many years ago when I, uh, we were actually over in the other building and I asked uh, somebody uh, who we love, um, so who, who can quote the, the Great Commission? And this gal quoted it, and she quoted, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptize them, da, da, da. And she forgot the last line. And, I, and it struck me. And then I thought back to all the times when people would quote the Great Commission, and I didn't once in my life 
Now, when people were teaching or preaching out of the Bible, yes, but not when they just were quoting it, when they were citing it. Not once did I remember them saying, oh yeah, and I am going to be with you. In the way right breaks down the, the tenses here, I'm going to be with you every single day. So I would say, what is it that causes us to make, so you must go and make the nations into disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything I commanded. More important, more fundamentally important to transformation and life and kingdom than the king of the universe saying, here's the basis of all this. I will be with you every single day. And in my hard-headed way of having to be changed, I plugged along through three quarters of this sabbatical, still firmly holding on to my performance-based do-for-Jesus bent. And he rocked me out of that with just a couple little verses. And this is not the only one. Uh, Jumping up here into Colossians. So what's the potential for this? If we recognize that the essence of our church, the essence of our Christian life, our discipleship, our kingdom, is Jesus himself. Um, Colossians chapter 2. Watch out that nobody uses philosophy and hollow trickery to take you captive. These are in line with human traditions and the elements of the world, not the king. In him you see all the full measure of divinity has taken up bodily residence. Now that's pretty amazing. So that is the measure of the magnitude of the one who says, I'm going to be with you always, every single day to the end of the earth. But then the next line is the one that we don't quote out of this section too often. What's more, you are fulfilled in him, since he is the head over every ruler. The longing that we have to be complete the longing that we have to be effective is clearly and directly the person of Jesus himself. And the last verse that comes to mind, and then that's it for me tonight. I don't know why we didn't make sense of this. Well, there is one more verse now. I just came to mind. Sorry. Uh, This is how it was for me too. This is Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. When I came to you, I didn't come and proclaim God's mystery to you by means of superior style of speaking or wisdom. No. I decided to know nothing in my dealings with you except Jesus the Messiah, especially Him crucified. There's, There's so much to go there. Again, the kingdom of God and the centerpiece of the church is the person of Jesus Christ and His relationship with us. Um, that's enough I'll skip that other verse because there'll be plenty of time for it (laughs) I don't know why we don't let these verses have more weight but we're on a journey to try so anyway praise God yes question Uh, just a comment quickly Uh, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily we can't lose the fact that I don't think that's talking about his flesh body. That's that's all of us. So that is awesome. Yeah. When you're talking about Jesus through whom everything was made and for whom everything was made and he fills the whole universe, you cannot exaggerate his significance. It's not possible. It is not possible. You cannot exaggerate the significance of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's just It's just not possible. So... We are more than capable of erring, but we, we can't 
screw up too bad by erring in that direction. And everybody here hears the Lord well enough that if we wander into some unknown territory, all he's got to do is go, hey, that was a cool idea, but no, that's not really true. <laughs> and so don't worry, be happy. Amen.